0: Sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you Shot, like. What a stop!
1: Shots for bed. Ah! Jordan Henderson. Yeah! Jordan Henderson. I mean that sort of stuff. We're it, it's been we're better, we're bigger than that. That interview is just like the performance. Flat. No. Well, I mean, what do you
0: want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. it, up, it, up, when we turn it yes, up. good afternoon to one and all this Friday, Premier League Football Podcast is finally up and running. We're a bit short on numbers this week, we have a couple of lads on, at the Ryder Cup, we've Adrian is away and his holliers. And the uh, last two men standing, Ger, myself and your good self, chair Gullwright. Thanks for joining me, otherwise it would have been a very lonely existence in here. Dave I McIntyre talking.
1: I should uh, probably just let you do it on your own to see what the radio experiment would have sounded like. Um, I'm also wondering where, if you're from Athlone, where do you go on holidays? Is like, is Moat the... Adrada? maybe? <laughs> That's... <laughs> yeah, well, do you have to leave the province for uh, it to be really exotic? I think you probably don't want to, though, if you're, you know... Right. Well, I,
0: if, I'm sure he listened to this maybe at some stage or policy he won't, but I sent him an email about something this morning, and he told me that he wasn't in the sun, he was actually watching the Ryder Cup.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's alright. That's, that's a very legitimate thing for anybody to be doing. You're not spending the whole day watching the Ryder Cup. It's work. This is not work. It's not work, yeah. Daddy. That was the exact... Uh, Conversation that happened this morning. I see the house. exact
0: same conversation with your three-year-old as I have with my wife. <laughs> yeah, pretty right. Much. Well, no,
1: no. Africa was uh, in, in the, the start of that, so it was a, it was. A, I was getting uh, double teamed.
0: <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Premier League weekend ahead. We have one live game on Sunday afternoon, which we will get to uh, shortly. on am pretty much a jam-packed weekend of sport, but uh, we're going to start with two derbies. It's a pity they aren't on the Sunday, but two absolutely massive derbies, Jerry. Yes,
1: it is a pity it's not on the Sunday. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> both the Merseyside and the North London derbies. The early kickoff from the Premier League on Saturday afternoon is Liverpool hosting Everton at 12.45 two teams that have had dreadful starts to the season or is that a bit too strong
1: uh, I think it's too early for it to be dreadful just yet and, and also given that only Chelsea of the top teams have started the way you would expect them to I mean maybe Arsenal are approximating the level of performance we're going to get from them for the rest of the season for ex- the point I'm making here is that Liverpool on five points are actually only four points behind Arsenal so any notion that uh, there's a crisis in terms of league position is really just informed by the fact that they haven't played well and they've conceded goals and last week West Ham humiliated them. Um, from Everton's perspective the defence has been absolutely dreadful so there probably is a bit of a signi- more longer term significant issue from their side of things because it's the same defence as last year, at least Liverpool have the these guys will get to know each other
0: well, I've done Liverpool's last three games now. I've done it for TV. I did the Villa game, I did the West Ham game, I did the Ludogorets game. They were dreadful in all three. They are completely blunt on attack. They have nobody that looks like they're in a position to open up the opposition. Stephen Gerrard is having no influence in the games, like almost no effect on matches, certainly from a positive point of view. And they were described this week by Brendan Rodgers as looking a little bit broken, and I think that is the perfect summation of where Liverpool are right now. And you wonder how it'll improve. They may have Daniel Sturridge back
1: this weekend. That if he is, he's hardly fit. Well, no, uh, that's—is uh, he fit for forty-five minutes? Is he fully fit for forty-five minutes, or is he half fit for seventy minutes? I don't. I, you know, this whole match fitness thing—it's a sharpness thing. But maybe with Sturridge, he's had an ability sometimes to come back and, and be hot straight away. Other times he's come back and taken a little while to get into it. So if he arrives back hot and plays 45 minutes well, then that transforms the team, I think. I, I, you know, no evidence on the basis of the season so far because we haven't seen him play. But a striker playing well for that team suddenly gives them a focal point, which they haven't had. It allows them, it gives purpose to all of the, the passing and the running. And without it, I think, um, if, if Sturridge doesn't play, I think Everton are going to win this game.
0: They've already lost two games in a row, Liverpool. They haven't lost three in a row between um, March. Um, You have to go all the way back to March and April 2012. And Everton are starting today just a point behind them. Everton obviously started the season with top four ambitions. They lose this game, which you would expect them to do at Anfield, where they haven't won in 15 years and lost 4-0 last season. Is it again, We I seem to be asking this question every Friday football podcast, is it their top four ambitions gone?
1: No, I don't, I don't think so. I think that the, the fact that Man United are so crap at the moment means that the fourth spot is up for grabs and will remain up for grabs until someone puts a run together. So top three spots are nailed on at this point of the season. I, I would offer 100 to 1 on. that.
0: Arsenal being the third.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't be
0: so sure on that one now. We'll get to Arsenal shortly, but they're not exactly playing well either which we will get into more detail but i would agree that the the fourth champions league spot actually i would say third spot and fourth spot are very much up for grabs because no one looks good enough to actually steal it or contend
1: for it right now in which case if everton manage in which case if everton managed to put any sort of a run together for 10 12 14 games and get their defense sorted they're going to be right back in contention for that because Pre-season, everybody thought Pochettino might have a very positive impact. That hasn't been the case so far just yet from uh, a Spurs perspective. And yet, they're actually above both Liverpool and Everton and therefore Manchester United in the table too. But no one's saying, ah, oh, Spurs, they're, they're the team at the moment who look like they're going to go on the run and finish fourth. Because
0: they look awful as well.
1: Yeah. So, I, you know, I think that defeat is really annoying for one of these two teams and has the potential to bring a lot of noise, signifying crisis. But it's not true for both Liverpool and Everton just yet.
0: 13 goals in five games conceded by Everton. It's the worst in the division. But they've actually scored just the second highest in the Premier League as well. So there's good things happening at one end of the field, but they seem to have major issues at the other end of the field. And they were so poor against Crystal Palace conceding three and easily could have conceded another couple of goals. Um, I don't know where this one is going to go, Ger, but because I don't think either side are playing well enough to give a really good prediction for it. But I am going to predict...
1: There'll be goals. Yeah, me too. I'm thinking a 4-2 for Liverpool if storage plays and if he doesn't then I haven't a clue what's going to happen.
0: OK, well, our list, regular listeners on Friday will know that Adrian has concocted one or two audio tidbits. We lob in there when someone begins to waffle a little too much from game to game. But, Ger, we've kept the clock going very nicely there. So let's just go from one huge derby to another, and the North London derby...
1: You mean you didn't uh, fire the audio? No, you I have them good to go, but I
0: don't want to use them unless they're absolutely <laughs> necessary. Otherwise, people will think that it's all just uh, bells and whistles and there isn't any substance behind the whole thing. So the operation is going to move to North London now. This is a... Again, again, that you would expect the home side to win purely because the opposition's record is so dreadful. Tottenham You've have a really appalling record at the Emirates Stadium. You've
1: done some North London derbies. You'd I have done twice, two games. Both at the Emirates? Yes. And one of them was a 6-2? Um, one Gary 2 I did a
0: 1-0 and a 2-2. Okay, all right. Yeah. So. Um, I, I, I know the game you're thinking of uh, where Tottenham actually led I think at one stage yeah. but certainly by 1-0 if not 2-0 and they were hockeyed was that the day that uh, Emmanuel Adeboyer was sent off yeah 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 no I wasn't at that game but I do it is sort of in my memory um, Kieran Gibbs and Per Martisaka will be back for Arsenal they were only fit enough to be on the bench as subs against Southampton during the week again which they lost of course in the League Cup and Flamini expected a return Jiri Walcott to Bushi remain long term absentees for Arsenal I'm going to put to T.J. that maybe Against Villa, Arsene Wenger finally put Mesut Ozil in
1: his right position and reap the dividends. It's, uh, you know, it, it's these movable pieces in the Arsenal jigsaw and if they get everything right and can get a first choice, four or five, including Sanchez, Ozil, Walcott and maybe Cazorla, then you have... The makings of uh, Quattro Fantástico is uh, one of these kind of all-time greats. No mention of Welbeck in there. Well, I uh, say, did I not say Welbeck? Did you say him? Yeah, right. I I I almost,
0: a... I'm almost attuned to just ignoring. Maybe, poor maybe I Wellbeck. said Walcott. I'm not sure because he is off the mark. But yeah, and and is had, he exactly what
1: they need to, to spearhead that? Well, played really well with Mendes last week. Yeah, made one and scored one for each other. Uh, these type of partnerships. Who knows what is the trigger for them? But two goals the first time you play between them, and they both looking at each other, going, "Hey, this works." And suddenly they're friends. And suddenly, you know, who knows why York and Cole work together in a way that Cole and nobody yeah. else over the entire Manchester United period worked together. I mean, Cole and Sharing was actually pretty good, even though they hated each other. <laughs> so, uh, like, if they can find that, then all of the rest of their problems become less significant. That doesn't mean that the defence issue is not a disaster for them. And why, in God's name, with 178 million in the bank, we can keep saying it every week, and we will keep saying it every week. Mm. He should have signed about five defenders. Any, even like even if he signed Peter Hangeland to have on the bench. Like, or even if he signs Shawcross or somebody. Yeah, any any of those guys. It's the same conversation you could have at Manchester United when, in terms of exactly, what yeah. they're missing at the back. Yeah. Just Idiot. buy somebody. Idiotic. I mean, just bring in bodies who are there who have some... Permanent because we experience. kind
0: of ridicule the links with the likes of Diego Lugano, for example, and Joseph Yobo. Yeah. But at least they would be guys who could, are additions to your squad.
1: Well, Joseph Yobo, I'm not sure about. <laughs> I think well, I Lugano's was as bad space. as well. <laughs>
0: yeah. the, on my notes here, I've written... Despite a mixed start to the season, Arsenal are looking to go unbeaten and they're opening six league games for the first time since 2007. It had almost passed me by that they have yet to be beaten yet. The only other team are Chelsea. And I'm thinking that nine points from a possible 15, fourth in the table. Alexis Sanchez, your big money signing, has got four goals in his last five. Uh, Your 16 pounds striker has finally got up and running. Maybe it's not a mixed start at all. It's actually a better than average start and has set them up beautifully.
1: Possibly. I, I also think that we haven't yet seen the full range of Sanchez's talents. Um, like He's one of the most hard-working footballers that you're going to see. I saw blog describe him as uh, having a, was it a nuclear core that he's just perpetual motion and incredibly difficult to get off the ball. And if he brings that level of hard work that, say, for example, you saw last season Suarez bring to Liverpool raising the game of everybody around him, A lot of great things are possible for Arsenal. At the same time, they still have this hollowed-out centre, and the defence is terrible. So let's, you know, there's so much to be excited about by Arsenal, and at the same time, it's just this massive black cloud that follows them around. Is there anything that excites you about Tottenham at the moment? I like Pochettino. Like in pre-season, I liked him, and I liked the fact on the opening day that they kept fighting, and it was a sub that won the the game for them. But then since then. The Liverpool game was just a, oh, maybe this guy doesn't actually know Ooh, what he's doing at I think all. I think at home to West Brom is a
0: terrible result. Yeah. I mean, they hadn't, West Brom hadn't beaten anybody. And failing to score against them, they do look hopelessly limited. I thought they were the,
1: pretty lucky midweek against Forest as well. So a good bit of that game. Their,
0: des- their supporters seem to be doing their almost to get behind Roberto Soldado. and realising that they're actually so short up front that somebody is going to have to shell them something they haven't actually seen already. Um, I'm not sure that... It's um, going to be a great game from a Tottenham point of view. I'm just proving now to you and our listeners and to Adrian you can work that I have mastered the technology and that is just about where we're going to leave the North London Derby. We'll, we'll right get there, right there right in a couple of seconds. Oh, we're not, are we? We are. Okay, where are we going to go next? I think it's maybe a Manchester United time because have you ever seen anything like we saw last weekend? A Manchester United side 2-0 and 3-1 up. And I destroyed.
1: I was at a two, and so I was watching this on, unfold on by text and Twitter. It's like, oh, three one. That's yeah, that's got You know, it's not a bad because that city side, that Leicester City team, they're not bad. They've been sticky against a lot of very good yeah. opponents. And then suddenly it's like, oh, ah, Man United will get an equaliser at least. Oh, <laughs> there's another goal! Five Have you seen defending like
0: it in a long time? It was schoolboy stuff. I know there's little or no protection coming through. You've got a 20-year-old and Tyler Blackett that is being asked to do something that he's never been asked to do before. But in the (laughs) one-on-one battles that they were beaten in, for those penalties, for example, it's comical.
1: The defending, not entirely dissimilar to the defending against Swansea uh, in the opening game of the season. So yes, I have seen some of them before (laughs) from this Manchester United team, in fact. Uh, So they're brilliant to watch as a result of that. So like... As a, as a neutral watching Manchester United, this is one of my favourite times in the history of Manchester United since <laughs> I've been watching football to be watching them because uh, the attacking talent that they have on display is immense and it's great and it's, it's always exciting. And they looked incredibly good in the first half in particular
0: against Leicester. Di Maria's goal was excellent. Uh, Van Persie should have scored after an exquisite side route pass from Di Maria before he did score off a perfect cross from Radamel Falcao. Three goals at the King Power Stadium, you would be thinking, would be three points. Yeah. Where's the defending going to go this weekend? Rojo is the only fit defender. Jones, Smalling, Evans and Blackett all out for various reasons. Paddy McNair. Patrick McNair, perhaps? The, the defending colossuses. Is that a word? Is that the plural of colossus? Colossi? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the defending colossuses of Tom Thorpe and Paddy McNair, who will be introduced from the... Under-21 side. Yeah. Nick Shaw might make his
1: debut. He was still a football scholar this time last year, Patrick McNair. I think uh, signed his final uh, football scholar deal the previous season, so he's just coming off it. And, uh, you know, uh, look, the history of Manchester United is littered with players who get their one chance, audition well, get 10 games, come out of the, the team for 10 games, and then become mainstays of the team over the next five or six years. There are also a bunch of players who get a game like this, get destroyed and are ruined as footballers As Pat
0: Nevin said after the A2 defeat about the Arsenal players a number of those players are ruined now yeah. um, if Pat's listening I didn't mean to destroy your, your accent the s- situation with Tyler Black for example he's got obviously miss a couple of games now with this suspension I have a huge amount of sympathy for him he's clearly got talent and raw potential because he's come through the youth system he's been introduced to the Manchester United first team and do you want him to be playing in these Premier League games alongside a 28-year-old Nemanja Vich. Yeah. Not Johnny Evans.
1: Does he get an awful lot of credit though for showing up and, and fronting up? I mean, is this one of those things where in five years' time you go, oh, back the fire for Tyler Black with the makings of him? Exactly. Or again. Well, and he I'm saying it. that
0: could well happen. But I feel sorry for him that he isn't given a chance to maybe ease himself in. I'm thinking of the opening matches in the Ryder Cup this morning. If you're listening to us, it's about half two now we're recording this. And Stephen him, Gallagher, he was introduced to the Ryder Cup alongside a grossly out of Four Ian Poulter and he just sank for 14 holes, I think, their match lasted. Yeah. And Gallagher needed someone strong, brave. A Graham
1: McDowell figure, perhaps.
0: Maybe. He wasn't there. And Johnny Evans is the Ian Poulter to Stephen Gallagher and he's really destroying Tyler Blackett. I don't think he's
1: helped him at all. Yeah. He won't be there this weekend, but neither will Blackett. So maybe by playing Poulter, you don't have to play him again until the singles now. It's like, oh, you had your chance, Ian. Thanks very much. And I'm going to lean on the rest of them. You know, you get these, these little kinks worked out. How is he going to do? Badly. Off you go. And so
0: Evans will not be seen until God knows when. Well, I think that... He's
1: injured. But would you introduce him if, for example... Tom Torp or Paddy McNair do well this weekend no it's, it's more there are other players like that for example he played well back thanks very much off you go and was there somebody else did Chicharito get a start in one of uh, first in games the League Cup game against MK Dons I think it was his only start yeah and he was like alright so you've had your chance thanks very much yeah. off you go doesn't give people
0: much of an opportunity and they're facing a West Ham team that will be absolutely on top of the world after their performance last weekend against Liverpool, set themselves up absolutely beautifully. I did the game as well and I was so impressed by uh, Checo He's actually injured. He's not going to miss the game, which is a massive blow. He's going to miss about six weeks. But Ener Valencia and Diafra Sacco, they played sort of the left side of the right side of a, a front three, only there wasn't a third person in the middle. Yeah. It was almost like there was just a gap there and they try to fill that gap whenever possible. They gave Liverpool all sorts of problems. Mamadou Sacco didn't know how to cope with them. Valencia has the touch of the Tony Yoboas against about him. He can stick the ball into the top corner in rocket-like form from absolutely anywhere. He's done it in two games in a row now. And I think West Ham, like QPR, as dreadful as they did two weeks ago, will actually create chances.
1: Yeah, they're a far better team, I think, um, than... QPR but I, I get the point you're making and actually this is where Big Sam shit gets off the pot because uh, he's been out tacticking everybody he's been bragging about how amazing he is now he's at Old Trafford with a team that can compete and win and so uh, big big opportunity for them to get three points and set down a market for the rest of the season for them
0: remember all the records tumbling during the opening few games of the Dave Moyes era right, and then yeah. more and more as the season went on well this is already Manchester United's worst ever Premier League start <laughs> to a season uh, with one win in six games in all competitions. It is pretty dreadful. Let's move on to the champions, thanks to Richard Keyes there. Hull taking on Man City. Zabaleta is back for City. Bruce made 11 changes midweek for the League Cup tie at West Brom. I didn't think that Hull had 22 players in their squad in a, to be in a position to make 11 changes. That's where Robbie Brady got the starts. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, maybe you would hope that he'll do enough in games to come to actually force his way into the team. City haven't won in three Premier League games, they haven't gone four games without a victory in almost two and a half years. You would expect them to go to Hull, just as they did actually in this fixture last season, in a really tough game, when Dzeko actually excelled for them. Expect them to go to Hull and get the job done.
1: Yeah, you do. Except that Man City aren't at it at the moment. And it could well be that they're going to have one of those seasons where away to Hull, they actually just don't show up. And you'd expect them to win 2-0. Didn't they beat Hull with the man sent off? Yeah. Yeah. So you would expect them to win 2-0 Hull game blah, 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 except that's the way the Premier League has gone over the last 24 months or so. These games aren't the gimmies that they would have been four or five or six seasons ago when teams like Hull didn't have 10, 15, 20 million to invest in players and weren't doing a good job of it. So, I, I, you know, hats off to Steve Bruce. He's done a remarkable job at Hull and uh, I hope he continues, and you know, you give them a chance of getting something out of this game.
0: Eight points from their first five Premier League games for Man City, is the lowest tally in eight years. And they're going away from home today, this time around, obviously, against a team that have actually failed or have only failed to score zero times in their five games. Jelovic has got three goals and four attempts on goal this season. Yeah. And Mah- Mohamed Diame, why did West Ham let him go? He's played two, scored two, and both goals will certainly be in the goal of the month contenders for September if not goal of the season I don't know I don't know He
1: pretty cheap as well I think was he
0: yeah he was only 5 million and it's it's a situation whereby they've actually seemed to have spent the 12 million they took in for Shane Long pretty well yeah Um, I like Hull I'm in the same boat as you from that point of view and they've won twice in their opening 5 matches that's 6 points they picked up and they're actually only 2 points off Man City heading into this game I don't know where they'll finish at the end of the season Hull do you think they're good
1: enough to Nah, the mid table from February onwards? That sweep from 7 to 14 is where most of those teams. So, sorry, 7th is probably going to be Everton, right? And after that, uh, it's 8 to 15 are safe. And then whoever's 16, 17th are battling it out with the promoted teams to stay up.
0: Well, City Sode, they the strength of their reserves in absolutely destroying Sheffield Wednesday in the League Cup during the week. Was it eight or seven? seven? Seven. And they've had a tough run. They played Bayern Munich, they played Arsenal, they played Chelsea. Obviously they were beaten by Stoke but I probably think that they'll do enough to win this game but I'm just not convinced by them and I think that we need to be more convinced Thankfully, Lampard got that goal last weekend. Chelsea won five in a row. Oh, Suddenly, you almost think that over. it's September and it's over. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah,
1: it's like one of those old seasons again. But
0: so yeah. the Lampard goal actually did an awful lot for the whole Premier League as opposed to just um, Manchester City. Obviously, it was a vital point for them. Um, where are we going to go next? Two of the teams, maybe they've surprised a couple of people. We mentioned Leicester already. Crystal Palace are hosting them this weekend. That's a game at 3 o'clock on saturday afternoon 13 goals between these two teams last weekend let's hope for another thriller and that was after crystal palace drew 0-0 in a stinking game with burnley so i'm not quite sure what to make of crystal palace defensively
1: now i haven't a clue uh the brilliant stat there after conceding only one set piece goal under tony pulis or tony pulis i should say palace have already let in five this season excluding penalties right uh, and we've played five games so if there were as amazing set pieces this year as they were last year they could be uh, fourth at this point. <laughs> yeah.
0: Crystal Palace potentially riding high in a Champions League position. I like what Neil Warnock has
1: done. Are you a, f- a hater of Neil Warnock? I'm not really. I mean, There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, I, I can totally understand why and uh, I, it was interesting to see what former players of Neil Warnock said about Neil Warnock particularly Jason Punch that time on Twitter. Uh, there was a lot of stuff about Neil Warnock that seemed unsavoury However, uh you know, he lives in a we don't really exist in the same world as Neil Warnock, and so therefore he's a bit of a cartoon character and we can sit back and enjoy the soap opera of it.
0: Five shots on goal last weekend for Leicester five goals against Manchester United I'm not quite sure how many times that's happened in Premier League history I'm sure our friends and after could probably tell us but they are the first newly promoted Premier League team in the history of the league to score five times in a game against Manchester United and they've only lost once in five and their run has been absolutely awful they've played Arsenal they've played Everton they've played Chelsea and they've played Manchester United and there they are in seventh position on eight points yeah it's quite spectacular
1: they look good they're playing good football they're, they're, they're attempting things
0: what about Ojoa?
1: he's really good
0: five goals already in five games Can score all eight types. eight million
1: pounds all types of goals as well I wonder is he one of those players he comes on has a hot burst and then the, the tape begins to become evident and the analysis gets done and they go he makes an air post run every single time covered off he won't score any goals or he's always at the back post or he but as you,
0: know. you say he hasn't been predictable in the types of goals he's been scoring
1: no it's true. You just wonder how much work gets done on these players by. Uh, if they're all like, oh, we, we don't trust that stuff. Uh, I don't know. I, I hope. Well, we clearly have... the work, Manchester United hadn't got the work done. No, either. they didn't.
0: They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the, Nigel Pearson seems to be a really good fellow as well, and yeah. a lot of people seem to have an awful lot of respect for him. They're That's going what we to said Crystal about
1: Palace. Oh, just, just as a word, you know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, seems like. Right, doesn't he? These
0: guys, teams haven't met in the top flight in 14 years. Um, Palace's win at Everton would make you think that they could certainly beat Leicester at home but then you have to see exactly what Leicester have managed to do and the way they've come back as well 2-1 down in the last five minutes against Everton 2-1 down against Arsenal or 1-0 down against Arsenal getting a draw in both of those games I'm not wouldn't be really too sure how this one is going to go but I would have a feeling that if you're shooting five times and scoring five times that sort of strike rate is going to come a cropper eventually
1: Yeah, I mean, I wonder, do the existence of teams now, like Leicester, who are Premier League ready and who are hitting the ground running, does that terrify Mike Ashley? He's like, ah, it's grand. Leicester will come up, they'll go straight down. Burnley will come up, they'll go straight down. I just have to beat one team. Now suddenly they're bottom of the table and you're like, oh, this could be real.
0: Yeah, the teams basically who don't, on the face of it, have the stomach for a relegation scrap are going to be done in by teams like Palace and Leicester and Burnley who are willing to scrap for every inch between now and the NMA.
1: Yeah.
0: And that is why I think Newcastle will go down. It's why I thought Villa would go down at the start of the season, Jarrett. but you know, that's a different story because Villa have gone pretty well so far and as the uh, clock ticks down we're going to move on to Sunderland and Swansea. Maybe uh, not I a mean, need to spend a it. huge I amount on this game. Thanks, Jose. Fletcher, Jacarini, Conor Wickham are all available again for Sunderland. Boney's back for Swansea. He uh, served that one match suspension for his ridiculous sending off last weekend.
1: Some talk uh, Fletcher's going to go out on loan which would be I think fairly idiotic given that he can score goals in the Premier League. And they're
0: well would they get him off the wage bill? Would that be an issue
1: for Sunderland? No, He's so. on big money there but yeah, play him.
0: Yeah I don't see the The future, even if you're just bringing them on for five or ten minutes, Um, there's been a lot of media attention on what's been happening in Newcastle. Obviously, they're bottom of the Premier League table, and the whole Parajus circus and all of that. But Sunderland' start has been absolutely awful.
1: It hasn't. It hasn't. They've lost one game, but they haven't won any. But that's all right. If if you're not getting beaten in the Premier League, you're going to be okay. At some point, your goals will come, and you'll win enough games and shoot up the table really quickly. So uh, there's three teams without wins at the moment: Sunderland, Burnley, and Newcastle. I would also say Burnley started the season hasn't been bad for a promoted team. They've only been beaten twice in five games. Newcastle, on the other hand, they're a team who you expect to win games. I think I think I see Gus Poet under pressure. I think it's idiotic. Sunderland have had that revolving door managerial bullshit going on for the last number of seasons. If they'd stuck with Keane, if they'd stuck with Martin O'Neill, none of this would have happened. Uh DeCanio was clearly a bad guy and the wrong man for the job. But Gus Poet seems to be the right man for the job at the moment and I don't think it's a bad start of the season I just think it's a slow start of the season
0: Is Swansea's title bid over? Possibly (laughs) Three wins from three and they've been beaten in the last two games although to be fair one of those was at Stamford Bridge when they actually were a little unlucky not to take something up from the game and they were beaten by Southampton last weekend The big disappointment for me this season or one of them has been Wilfred Boney He scored over 20 goals in all competitions last season I, I think he's the best player best attacking player at holding the ball up in the Premier League his strength is astonishing and he brings other players into it and he looks like a guy who completely regrets not getting away from the Liberty Stadium during the summer so they just have taken the money I mean how much would it have been 16 million and you have to reinvest that then find someone as good as him I guess they're hoping that once the transfer window was clamped shut that like, for example, Schneiderlin at Southampton, he yeah. might knuckle down and decide, yeah, yeah. well, I'm here now yeah. and I'm going to give everything that I have for my employers. You pay me a lot of money every week.
1: Let's wait and see. I mean, I, I hope that, that he does do that because if he does, Swansea are a really interesting team. If he doesn't, Swansea need to get shot of them and they're not going to get 16 million or whatever it was that they would have got. I mean, they might have been able to get 20, 25 million in that ridiculously inflated transfer window that we've just seen. Yeah. Where You go to Liverpool and you say... Jesus, you're a bit light with striking options up there but you've got all that Suarez money burning a hole in your pocket and this is like, this guy's Drogba. He, do you want Drogba? And, uh, I don't know. That's, yeah, what, yeah, that's I don't, what I would have done.
0: He has the strength of a Drogba. Maybe not the finishing power and the big game mentality. He definitely doesn't have the big game mentality that Didier Drogba had. They start the day in fifth place. Still on nine points. If you told them they'd have picked up three wins in the first five matches they'd be delighted yeah Gary Monk would have been absolutely delighted with that Um, he already has a better win percentage in the Premier League than Brendan Rogers.
1: Sunderland would be uh, part of any travel we were doing this week if we had done travels but the two lads aren't here so rather than get a head start by winning all three this week you know yeah that's the reason it wouldn't be fair (laughs) that's the reason
0: we didn't do it Southampton QPR I like Southampton I like Ronald Koeman had the heart ripped out of his team and yet they are enjoying the best start to a season in the top flight for 26 years with 10 points from their opening five matches.
1: Yeah, and stuff like uh, when Yama's on the bench and comes off the bench and scores the winner last week. I'm thinking they put it for Southampton at the time, you thought they were spending a lot of money on taking him from Celtic and not quite sure if it's working out. And now suddenly they have a squad big enough that that massive investment is on the bench and he's having an impact. And look, it's very early days. It's very, very early days. You've seen this before where managers come in, have an immediate impact, and after a short period of time, it collapses. Jury's out for me on Southampton and on Koeman.
0: Will their win in the League Cup during the week have imposed needless further games upon them or do you think they'll just I, add to the confidence that they've already got? Yeah, I, 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 going I'm, to the Emirates in any competition and winning is a big deal.
1: Exactly. And also Southampton, if they win a League Cup, it's brilliant for them because they're not going to go down this season, I don't think. Uh, and they can afford to spend a bit of time in that competition. And if they have European football next year, that's another way of getting a bit more revenue in. And... Uh, that's a potential avenue to the Champions League for them which would just be ridiculous Mm. so all that kind of stuff which sets off this ability to dream plus the club's clearly for sale the Lever family um, after the death of the guy who was actually into it the daughter has come in and is like well I'm not really sure about all this in fairness and they have invested some of the money I don't know if they invested all the money not all of it so. but they what they have
0: spent they have spent pretty well Shane Long 12 million maybe that hasn't quite repaid yet because Pella up front looks like he's actually a better striker than Shane Long perhaps no Nico Cranchar for QPR he's their best player he was the only guy that showed anything at Old Trafford and he got that pearler of a free kick to get
1: a point last weekend. You mentioned, uh, Pele. we should point out that on this very podcast, just last week or was it two weeks ago? Well, He said it about three weeks ago and it gets brought
0: up every Friday since then and perhaps rightly so because, because he was Pella, branded a donkey. Pele keeps scoring. Got a couple of goals the very next day. QPR maybe along with Newcastle. Two of your favourites to go down? Keep uh, your nail down, I think at this point They really are awful um, They do have four points though And they're only five points off of Champions League place <laughs> um, the, Before we get to our Sunday game Just going through our fixture list Have we gone through every other game We've missed Chelsea We've Villa, missed right? Chelsea, Villa. Yeah. Not quite sure how they slipped through the I net you were
1: just insulting all the Villa fans out there
0: Chelsea leading the table at the moment by three points Against a Villa team That couldn't quite follow up their heroics at Anfield the following weekend against Arsenal although you and I were in studio together weren't we Yeah, and we were kind of keeping one eye on each other while on air the other eye on the, on the match on the TV and for the first 20 odd minutes Villa were actually better than Arsenal oh, before the roof caved in
1: Two really clear cut chances Kieran Clark heads it off the ground and uh, the, the ball is touched by Chesney and goes around the corner for a corner, and then I think it was Fabian Dalf had a good chance as well. Yeah. Somebody else had a good chance anyway. And if they'd gone 1 0 up, it wouldn't it been interesting to see a rear guard action, even from a team with the shits, which apparently was the reason why they were so bad. Four of their to, players
0: were significantly under the weather. They're all back
1: this weekend. They're still missing Vlar and Benteke though. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is wrong with Vlar? It's like, it, oh yeah, yeah, next week, next week, next week, and then suddenly these are the types of situations where after pricking around for six months, they go, oh, he's going to have surgery and miss the rest of the season, which. They could really do with Ron Blar back organizing the defense because uh, Okore hasn't played. The Villa fans don't really like Kieran Clark, and they're crying out for Okore. But it's, I think it's one of those situations where a guy played a couple of games, got injured, and then becomes a cross between Franco Berese and Paul McGrath in his <laughs> yeah. absence. Yeah. Uh, uh, so again, I, you've got to assume that Chelsea's juggernaut reestablishes itself. Um, that their midfield, their strikers are just uh, a bit too exciting and, uh, and brilliant for Villa this weekend.
0: Well, I've Adrian Barry to thank for saving me a few quid because I was planning on lumping large and Villa to go down at the start of the season because I saw they had games in which they could pick up points in the first three or four weeks but after that they were going to have a run of five games against last season's top five. Now, they've already been beaten by Arsenal but they went to Liverpool and won and they obviously take on Chelsea this weekend and that's followed by Man City at home and then they visit Everton so they're still in the midst of that really difficult run they've picked up three points out of the first two games of that run already no. and they beat Chelsea at
1: Villa Park last season so uh, Man City and Everton if you were to play if you're Villa and you're playing Man City and Everton relatively soon you're thinking this is not a bad time to get these two teams Everton's, and getting them out of the way Everton's defence awful at the moment and Man City a bit easy-ozy about the whole thing and really clearly focused just on the Champions League and not actually even able to raise it for that so uh, well, how vulnerable would a City, Chelsea, or Everton defence be against a side that have eight shots
0: on target in five games? Uh, with how many goals? They have the scored. Shots to the goals ratio is almost as good as Leicester's last week. They have scored four. ten or how many goals. Have they got four goals. They've scored. Yeah, and conceded four. They have a goal difference of zero, and they're tied for second
1: in the table. Yeah, uh, second best defence in the league alongside Burnley behind Southampton.
0: Do they have the stomach and the fight to go to Chelsea? Because
1: If they don't have the Chelsea this have done week, well. they probably do. <laughs> yeah. For all the Chelsea have done well this season,
0: they have been got at by a number of teams. Swansea got at them, Leicester were tied at nil all.
1: When David, and when, you missed that sitter.
0: Exactly, when Thibaut Courtois pulled off a brilliant save. And I think that teams, including City, over the, in the last 10 minutes last week, and obviously City are one of the top sides, have actually shown that Chelsea can be got a, everything got three against them. I mean, if you told everyone they'd score three onto to Chelsea, you'd expect them to take at least a point, if not all three, from the game. Yeah. So I think Chelsea can actually be got at the back because they've conceded seven goals in five games and that is very un-Chelsea-like. I would expect them to win this game and at this stage you'd expect them to go on and win the league. But I do think that it's not just the top teams that can... No. show the Chelsea are vulnerable no, Schalke
1: a, showed it as well and they'll have a good record against the top teams over the last couple of seasons it's been the, the mediocre and terrible teams that uh, they've tripped up against so you'd expect Villa to put in a much better performance and have a response to what happened last week in that four minutes of madness but at the same time if there is still a debilitating bug within the squad then this could also just be another another hammering for them
0: and of course the big game of the weekend Jer. it's live exclusively live and off the ball this Sunday afternoon we will of course bring people everything that's happening in the Ryder Cup because we have two boys over in Glen Eagles Joe and Nathan but I'll be at the Hawthorns, one of my favourite Premier League grounds I have to say
1: highest Premier League ground in England (laughs) highest ground in English League football
0: so so I keep saying it is absolutely I it's the eve of the roof along one side of the pitch is the entire press box so pretty much just goes all the way down so there's so much room when you pull up a chair it's great but there's obviously stanchions and barriers and ballasts all over the place. So you have to crawl between them. It's almost like an obstacle course to get oh, yes. into each little commentary box. But, um, and the food isn't great. It's mainly pies and gravy. sure, yeah. The Midlands, well, look, Dave, yeah. keeping it real. <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, they're a good crowd and they are buoyant after their win at White Hart Lane a week ago. I know, I'm, I'm amazed because I really thought that West Brom were another candidate for... They might just scrape a 16th, but if they do, it's going to be with the last kick of the game. Uh, or it's going to be on goal difference, or something weird is going to happen to keep them up. But then you go and... I don't know. I don't know. I think that I think last week was an aberration, and wouldn't be terribly surprised if uh, Burnley stole a mark on them this weekend.
0: What about Burnley defensively? Astonishing. Unbelievable. Three clean sheets in a row. It's over six hours since they conceded a Premier League goal. And that was three and a half games ago. It's actually boring to watch them because they are so solid defensively obviously they've got major issues up front they've only got one goal and that was uh, the goal from Scott Airfield in the opening weekend it was the Monday night game against Chelsea when they actually led against Chelsea oh, yeah. they haven't scored since but you would think that they'll be able to nullify a West Brom attack
1: yeah exactly so uh, you know that gives them a chance that someone goes over there's a penalty there's a uh, sending off a moment of madness from somebody in that West Brom defence I'm not sure I, I think that Burnley have a chance here their clean sheet
0: at Crystal Palace was the first time they've ever kept a clean sheet in the Premier League. And I would away expect from away from home, I'd expect Burnley to actually go on and improve. But Irvine, at, as manager at West Brom, he's taken a bit of stick, and the fans don't seem to rate him, mainly because he never really achieved anything at a Premier League club yeah. before he rocked up with the Hawthorns. But I think he, they look reasonably solid as well, and that was a huge clean sheet last weekend. The two clubs have managed one goal between them. In the last 12 hours You're
1: really selling This game of football Dave I cannot wait for
0: this well, Stephen Hunt is Going to be alongside me Whatever you do Don't watch it on TV Listen to it on the radio Yeah well like if you're Obviously you're going to Have one eye on the Ryder Cup You guys can make it exciting We will make it exciting Even I Jer, can make A stalemate Between West Brom and Burnley, But it may well Not well, be sorry. a stalemate We may well have A great afternoon To look forward to Listen know. thanks for listening And I will talk to you next week Cheers Jer. Oh, sure. Good luck
1: I mean that sort of stuff we it's been we're better, we're bigger than that. That interview was just like the performance, flat.
0: No. Well, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet, crying? I mean, well, say something. <sighs> we we were doing what we'd done for twenty years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up! Fire it up! When we finally turn it over.